Thank you for tuning in to Emmanuel Faith Community Church. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Well, friends, once again, Merry Christmas to you. Really grateful to have you here. If you're out in our overflow in the chapel, so thankful that you're here too and joining us online, welcome. Um, Christmas is one of my favorite times of year. Anybody with me? Did you love this season? I love the season. Um, and I think that Christmas also, it stirs up some of the issues that divide us most as people. And I'm not talking about our, our politics and I'm not talking about whether or not pineapple belongs on pizza because it doesn't. That, that has been settled. But the... <clears throat> wow, wow, wow. We've got a lot of people with bad taste in here, and we can <laughs> lay hands on you afterwards and be happy to... Uh, no, no, um, actually, uh, here's, here's the, the dividing line. Uh, the dividing line are, are between families who um, are real tree people and the families who are fake tree people, okay? So let me just hear you and see you if you're a real tree family. Real tree family. Okay, yeah, and then if you're fake tree family, let me hear you. Oh, more. I was, uh, when Kelly and I first got married, we'd been married uh, about six months when we hit our very first Christmas together. I was committed to us being real tree people. And not only that, but we were in, uh, living in Portland at the time. I was going to school there. And so all the national forest land around and you could easily get a tag to go cut down, down your own tree. And so I thought, not only are we real tree people, but we are driving to the wilderness and cut down your own real tree people. And so we made a whole day out of it. We went to Starbucks in the morning and um, got our tag. And, and we started driving around to the different areas that you could cut down a tree. Um, I have what some people call a little bit of a perfectionist streak in me. Anybody want to admit? Okay, maybe like that. Uh, okay, yeah. And so we parked at the first place and went on a little hike and um, didn't find a tree that fit the ideal perfect tree category in my mind. And I had this picture of the tree that would be in our apartment and I just didn't see it. And so um, we drove to the next place, got out and went on another little hike. And of all the trees that were in the forest, none of them fit my standards of what we wanted to have in our house for our very first perfect Christmas. And so we did this dance over and over again throughout the day until the sun started to go down and it was dusk. And Kelly said, would you just pick a tree already? And so um, with the lights of my 1993 Nissan Pathfinder shining, I got on my hands and knees and I hand sawed down a Christmas tree that Charlie Brown would have raised his eyebrows at. I mean, it was, it was pitiful. It was pitiful. And as we were driving back, uh, that, that's actually the beginning of the silent night. We were driving back and <laughs> Kelly, it's like, this is ridiculous. Who did I marry? Um, and as I processed that over the last number of years, I, I've, it struck me, it struck me that if we want things to be perfect, they've gotta be fake. If you want perfect, it's got to be plastic because the real thing always has a few flaws, doesn't it? 
It's got, a, it's got a few imperfections. I mean, every single one of you that got a real tree, put it up and then went, no, let's turn it. <laughs> because it just doesn't look good from the angle that you want it to look good from. Because it has some imperfections in it. And, and listen, I, I get it. If you, if you get the plastic tree, the fake tree, oh man, it looks good all around. I mean, it's got the fake snow and... But it's not real. It's not real. And you know what's, what's true of trees is also true of lives. If you want it to be perfect, it's going to have to be fake. I think a lot of us, we, we try to have that perfect, fake Life, And I think on Christmas, especially when we're more aware maybe of God than we are throughout the rest of the year, or maybe we're longing for his presence in our life, I think our assumption is if my life is perfect, then God is there. If it's perfect, well, well then he shows up. I think a lot of us have in our mind about Christmas, it's sort of the, the Norman Rockwell effect of Christmas, When it's perfect and when everybody's around the dinner table and when nobody's fighting or talking behind each other's back and when the food turns out great and when the world is as it should be in our minds, well, then that's when God shows up. That's when his presence is most real to us. You know, songs like I'll Be Home for Christmas or My Perfect Christmas Wish. These are the kinds of songs that just sort of dance in the back of our head where we go, well, yeah, yeah, that's the way it works. Like when life is perfect, then, then God shows up and then God enters in. But I think if we were honest, here's what we would probably say. While we expect God in the perfect, we actually experience God most in the pain. While we expect God to show up, when the clouds part and the light shines down and we're like, oh, that's the way that life should be. The job came through. The, the health concern dodged. The, the relationship, we're, we're gonna, it's gonna make it. We're gonna, be, we're gonna be all right. And when life is perfect and we expect God to be present in that. Let me ask you a question though. What if, what if God is just as present in the imperfect as he is in the perfect. What if God is just as Emmanuel when life is falling apart as he is when we go, that's the way it should be? I I would argue, I would argue that that first Christmas looked a lot more like your Charlie Brown tree than it does like the perfect snow-covered plastic tree. Listen to the way that the angel announced the birth of Jesus. This is what he said, uh, the angel said to Joseph. He said, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, was unwilling to put her to shame, so he resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son and you will call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. 
And all of this, all of it, the whole story took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name. Anybody know? Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. All of this took place. The whole story takes place to fulfill what the prophet spoke. You shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. We're adding this name to the list of radiant names that we've been exploring as a community of faith over the last few weeks. Uh, Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And now tonight, Emmanuel, the God who is with us. And I would argue that it is the name of God that maybe makes him most distinct amongst all the religions See, in Eastern religions, there's this conviction that God is there somewhere, an impersonal force, but, but maybe somewhat present in our universe, but good luck knowing him. In Western religions, there's a pantheon of gods and, and all of them have a, a snippet of power, but very rarely are they present and they're certainly not omnipresent. Um, in Islam, there's this conviction that if, if God were to come down, it, it would make him Dirty. So, so to say that God is with us is, is to blaspheme God. Uh, in, in Judaism, the Jews won't even write the name of God. But followers of Jesus, we claim not only that we can write the name of God, and not only does God send angels and prophets, but God himself comes, shows up in our midst, clothes himself in humanity, in flesh, and bone, we declare to one another tonight, veiled in flesh, the Godhead, see, the hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, our what? Emmanuel, our God with us. See, friends, Christmas isn't just about Jesus being born. It's about the promise of God's presence being fulfilled. It's about a God who said, I am and will forever be Emmanuel, God with you. And I am not going to let you down and I'm not going to let you go. I don't care how far you wander from me, but I will chase you down. And I love the fact that this angel announcement comes to Joseph. She, She comes to him or he comes to him in a dream and announces that, God is Emmanuel. But I'm here to tell you that Joseph sure felt a lot more like this than he did like that. Because think of the way that he's hearing this. Like we can sentimentalize that moment and we can put it on Christmas cards and we're like, yeah, Emmanuel, God with us. And here's what Joseph heard. Joseph heard, hey, Joseph, every dream and prayer you've had for your life, it's gonna be different. Joseph, when you were planning through your engagement, your life with Mary, you can scratch all of that. It's gone. Hey, hey, Joseph, I know it's true. She's pregnant by the Holy Spirit, but not a lot of people are going to believe that one, man. 
And so some people are gonna think that you guys were together before you were married and they're gonna say you broke God's law. And some people are gonna think that she was with some other guy and got pregnant and that she cheated on you and broke the covenant with you. And, and Joseph, I know you're being told tonight that you are going to be the father of God. But oh my goodness, you had to hear for him, it felt like disappointment, frustration, questions, doubts. And see, here's what we learned in that very first Christmas story, that God is Emmanuel. He is with us even in the disappointments in life. Or maybe, <laughs> especially in the disappointments in life. I mean, as I read through the scriptures, the people that encounter God most powerfully their lives, have you noticed that? That their lives don't look a whole lot like this. They, they, they don't look perfect. I mean, Abraham and Sarah, they encounter God in a journey of infertility. Their life is not perfect according to their standards. And God shows up. Uh, we, we have Jacob who's on the run. <laughs> hey, his life does not look perfect and, and God shows up. We, we have Joseph who's in jail, wrongfully accused. And, God shows up. We've got Ruth who's on the run, famine in her land. She's in exile. God shows up. We've got Moses who's murdered somebody. He's off in a field somewhere, just doing his best to tend sheep. God shows up. We see David who's committed adultery. God shows up and over and over and over again. It seems as though if you want the equation in scripture to have God show up in your life, allow your life to be a complete mess and then welcome him in. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us in our disappointments. And I wonder, I wonder if you're here today and you're going, Ryan, I mean, my life just doesn't look like what I thought it would look like. I had a plan and it got blown up. Yeah, Joseph would look at you and go, tell me about it. <laughs> Maybe you're here tonight and you're, you're mad at God. He's Emmanuel. He's with you. Maybe you're here tonight and you're just brokenhearted. The scriptures would say that he is close to the brokenhearted. He's near to you. Maybe you are here tonight and there's some wounds that you've just carried into this place and you're going, God, I don't even know how to address these and what that looks like. I wanna tell you, his name is still Emmanuel. Maybe you're isolated and you feel lonely. I wanna promise you tonight, his name is Emmanuel. God is with you, even in the disappointments of life. Joseph shows us that. Here's the second thing. I love that the angel said, um, Joseph, son of David, do not what? Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Now, it is common when angels show up in the scriptures for them to say, do not fear. Turns out angels are terrifying. I think we often think of angels and we think of the precious moments angels. Right? <laughs> There's a, a re, uh, recently an artist uh, undertook to try to do his best to draw an angel how it is literally described in the scriptures. Now, it may be over literal, but here's the way the artist depicted an angel according to the Bible. <laughs> how many of you want that on your tree? <laughs> yeah. Let's just be honest, if that shows up in a dream, you're gonna need counseling and you're gonna need to be told, do not fear. Can I get an amen, right? But that's not what Joseph was told not to fear. Joseph was told 
Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. Don't fear being obedient. Don't, don't fear saying yes to God. Don't fear all that's going to come your way because of this moment and what's being asked of you, Joseph. And I love, I love, I love that the angel says, do not fear. And then he, the, the angel says, why? Well, because God's Emmanuel. He's, he's with us in our fear. He's with us when we don't know what the future holds. And think of all the things that Joseph might have been afraid of. Maybe it's the sideways glances or the under your breath comments. Maybe it's his family's rejection. We don't exactly know. But my guess is people's opinion of him was something that was in the back of his mind going, how am I going to explain this? I bet Joseph was really, really afraid of losing control of his life. I bet. And Joseph's hearing all this and going, do I get a say? And the angel's like, no. (laughs) For somebody who likes a decent amount of control, that's generous. (laughs) Oh my goodness, can you imagine? Your life just, er, total different direction. Or maybe, maybe, maybe Joseph is fearing his inadequacies as a parent. I mean, those who are parents, you know that there's a certain sense of, oh my goodness, am I going to screw this up? Think of if you're raising God. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Like, like, Jesus is in heaven and comes up to Joseph and is like, I'd really like to talk to you about that father wound. <laughs> you know, when you were really hard on me in Hebrew school? Yeah. Well, I wanted you to know that I was right. I'm God, right? I I don't know. All the inadequacies though, they just come to the surface. And what does the angel say? No, 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 he's, he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. I love the way that the prophet Isaiah would record it. But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Everybody say fear not. Fear not, for I am with you. I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You are mine. So when you pass through the waters, some of you are in the waters tonight. I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned and the flame, they shall not consume you. Time out. I think most of us would like this passage to say, hey, listen, God is Emmanuel. He's with you. So you're not going through the water. You're not going through the river. The river is going to stop for you. No, no flanks. He's with you. <laughs> but that's not what the passage says. It says, and even when you go through the waters, even when the rivers feel like they're going to overwhelm you, even when those flames start to creep up, even then, maybe Especially then, he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. And I'm here to remind you this Christmas that God does not promise that life will be perfect, but he promises that he will be present in your imperfections. Right here, right now, in 2022, his name is still 
Emmanuel. And I don't care what you're going through. His name's Emmanuel. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in him tonight. I love that the angel says to Joseph, he will save his people from their what? Sins. He will save his people from their sins. And my guess is, my guess is that as we gather here tonight, there are some people in this space and you're going, gosh, I'm not sure that God would wanna be Emmanuel in my life if he knew what I've walked through. If he knows, knew some of the decisions that I've made, some of the roads that I've been down. But friends, this is the story that we're in. It's his name. Not when you're really good and have it all together. Not when you stick the dismount and do everything right. It's his name on your best day and it is his name on your worst day. He is Emmanuel, God with us, even in our sin. See, Christmas reminds us that God is not so repulsed by our sin that he says, I have got to stay away to remain holy. Christmas reminds us that God is so loving and compassionate to us in our sin that he says, I will enter in, I will become one of you so that I can redeem you and save you and make you mine. He's a God who meets us right where we are, friends, not where we should be. Right where we are, he is Emmanuel, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. See, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. And on Christmas, we remember that Jesus did not come to tell us what we need to do to get to God. Christmas is not an instruction manual about how to get your life together enough so that God goes, you know what? Paulson's good enough now. I think I could enter in. That's not what Christmas is. Christmas is a declaration that because of his love, God climbs down to us in our mess, in our disappointment, in our fear, in our sin, God climbs down to us. It's a declaration of what he would do to get to us. So I don't know what you carried in, but we just sang a few moments ago till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. And my hope for you tonight is that your soul would feel its worth, not just know it, but feel it. That you would leave from this place knowing, gosh, he's with me. He's with me in my disappointment, my doubts, my frustration. He's with me in my fears of of losing control. He's with me in my fears of the unknown future. He's with me in my sin. He hasn't left me. He is with me. You know, tomorrow on Christmas Day, we will celebrate uh, one year of NASA launching the James Webb Telescope into space. I don't know if any of you followed the telescope and the pictures uh, throughout the year. It was July 11th though, where we received our very first picture back from the James Webb telescope. It's pretty amazing that there are thousands of, not, not stars, there are thousands of galaxies 
present in that picture. It's the highest resolution picture ever taken of the early universe. And, and, and if you're following along, you saw that just these beautiful, breathtaking, magnificent pictures. Uh, this was uh, one of my favorite ones that I saw. It's a picture of the Tarantula Nebula. How's that for a name? The Tarantula Nebula. And it's 340 light years from one side of the picture to the other. Take that in for a moment, if you can. I don't even really know what that means. It's big. scriptures say that he spoke and that came into being. It's not like he rolled up his sleeves and was like, how am I going to make the tarantula nebula? He just spoke a word and it came into being. It's magnificent, glorious, breathtaking awe. And yet, and you've got to catch this tension tonight, friends. And yet the scriptures also say that that same God who spoke that into being was swaddled in cloth, laid in a manger, vulnerable, dependent, needy, Friends, this is, this is Christmas, that the, the God of it all clothes himself in humanity and he enters into our story to declare that he loves us enough not to give up on us, to declare my name is Emmanuel, God with you. And sure, you can see me when you look up at the stars at night, but you need to know that I'm with you. I'm with you in the joy. I'm with you in the sorrow. I'm with you on the mountaintop. I'm with you in the pain. I'm with you in your real life, not in your plastic life, your fake life, your airbrush life. I'm with you in your real life where there's disappointment, where there's fear, where there's sin. I'm with you even there. The God of the universe shows up. And, and maybe just maybe this is a little bit too perfect also. Maybe it looks a little bit more like that. A not so silent night. Why? Why? So that your soul would know its worth. His name is Emmanuel. I don't know what you're going through but I do know that that is his name. So that means he's with you. He's with you. In the darkness and the light, he is with you. I love that this passage ends. It says Joseph woke up and he just did what the angel commanded. And I love that because the name Emmanuel doesn't just tell us that God is with us, but I think it asks us this question. Do you wanna be with him? Do you wanna be with him? So let me just give you a moment to close your eyes and bow your head. This is just between you and God. Where do you need to know that he's Emmanuel? What do you need, where do you need to 
to know that he's present with you today? What type of Bethlehem or manger in your heart and your life do you need him to be born into? Uh, this just in, friends, those weren't perfect conditions either. Where do you need Jesus to show himself as the God who is still with us, with you? To give you a moment. Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. In all of those things, you are Emmanuel, you're God with us. And we are so grateful that you, the same God who spoke the stars into existence, called the galaxies into being, was willing to humble himself and empty himself in such a way that he couldn't even utter a word to fulfill the promise, God with us. And we would just say, thank you. We receive you again. Maybe you're here tonight and for the very first time you would wanna say back to Jesus, I'm so grateful that you're with me and, and I just wanna tell you I'm with you too. You could just simply say something like, Jesus, I bring all that I know of me to all that I know of you and I surrender at your throne. Would you forgive me? Thank you for being with me in my sin. Would you forgive me and make me right with you? Would you send your spirit to live in me? Would you make me new? And I surrender to you as my King, my Lord, and my Savior. Jesus, thank you that we can call you King and we can call you Savior and we can call you Lord, but thank you that we can also call you Emmanuel, God with us. It's in your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening to our service. We'd love to have you join us in person. For more information about our church and service times, please visit efcc.org. If you would like to support the ministries of Emmanuel Faith, you can do so at efcc.org give.